Good morning. It is such a pleasure to be here with you this morning. God is good all the time. God is good. My husband, David, who is serving on the altar, and I have come full circle. Now, many of you already know our story uh, and our relationship with servants of Christ, but just in case you don't, let me briefly tell you our story. When we came out of the Episcopal Church in our small town of Lake Placid, there was no Anglican church there. So Dave and I prayed about it, and we felt God calling us to plant a church in Lake Placid. But we had no idea how to do that. Now, we would come up to Servants of Christ to visit our daughter, Elena, who's also serving on the altar. What a wonderful day. Uh, it's wonderful. And um, <clears throat> so the first person we spoke with was Father Alex. And he was very excited about it. He kind of gave us the steps. The first step being, go talk to Bishop Neal. Always the first step, okay? Which we did. Long story short, Servants of Christ became the parent church of New Life Anglican Fellowship Church in Lake Placid. Now, as I was a deacon at the time, and of course unable to consecrate the elements, Father Alex, during your services here, would consecrate the elements. Elena would be our courier to bring them to Lake Placid, and we would have a deacon's mass. In addition to that, your treasurer, Cynthia Steinhauer, handled all of our finances until we actually became a parish and I was ordained as a priest. So New Life is still going strong under the leadership of uh, Father Jeff Grossman. I have since obviously retired as a rector. David and I have retired from our practice of law. And here we are. There you go. So a big thank you to all of you you can now say that you are mothers and fathers in the faith. <laughs> well, let's turn to our readings this morning. Today is the second Sunday in Advent, and I'm, I'm just thrilled, David, with the songs that you've chosen. They just mesh so perfectly with the readings and with what my message is today. In our Old Testament reading of Malachi, we learn about how God will send two messengers. Our first messenger, of course, John the Baptist, and today is kind of his Sunday, or John the Baptizer, depending on what you prefer. And of course, he will prepare the way for the second messenger, and that second messenger is Jesus, our Lord. Now, if I did a survey this morning and asked each of you, who is your favorite Bible character besides Jesus, of course? Many of you might say Peter. A lot of people identify with Peter. Some may say Mary, the mother of Jesus. Some of you may go back to the Old Testament and say Moses or Abraham. But I'm thinking that perhaps not many of you would say John the Baptist, right? Why is that? Why is that? Well, if we're honest with ourselves, we would say that John is a strange dude, okay? He lives in the desert. He wears strange clothes, 
and he eats strange food. And he is a straight shooter. If we carried on the gospel, we would read that John said to some of his peop the people who were coming to be baptized that they were a brood of vipers. Now, I'm not sure how far Father Alex would get if he stood up here and called you all a brood of vipers. But he really was, John was a straight shooter. Now, we all know that he was Jesus' cousin. And in, they're roughly the same age. And when I think of that, I think of our families. I have a very large extended family. And didn't we all kind of have that cousin or that uncle or that aunt that, you know, they're part of the family and you had to invite them because of that, but you kind of sat them in the corner, you know, and you went and talked with them, but you always kept your distance. Well, that was, that was John. However, and what is amazing and wonderful about Jesus is this is what he says about his cousin John. Truly, I say to you, um, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. So, although it may be John's appearance and personality that is off-putting to us, I am going to venture to say that it is actually his message that makes us most uncomfortable. He has a message of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Repentance, not a fun word. Sin, even less fun. But John was a fiery prophet, ablaze with God's message of repentance and salvation. And he carried on that old tradition of the Old Testament prophets who heard God's word and spoke it without any sugarcoating. So what I want to talk a little bit about today, and I guess I'll be the cousin in the room, <laughs> is repentance. Let's, although the Advent is not the most penitential season, it's not Lent, we still are called during this time to sit, and I just love Father Michael's um, image of sitting in a dark room with one candle lit and to reflect on our lives, on God, and our relationship. So let me start by defining repentance. I think a lot of us have some interesting ideas about it, and, and I'm actually going to read this. Biblical repentance means responding to God's goodness by being transformed in your convictions and actions. It means turning towards God and leaving and turning away from anything that stands in, in the way of your relationship with God. And so what I want to first say is repentance starts with God. That's God's goodness, and we reflect on it, and then we begin to see how we need to turn away from those things that keep us from the love of God. In our Old Testament reading, it's just a perfect, perfect uh, uh, example. And when, I, uh, when we were at New Life, we had a very good friend, Jean, who's gone on to be with the Lord, 
who had a foundry in Lake Placid and he melted down the silver and made jewelry. And I know, and I told David I would shout out, David Hall I know knows about that. <laughs> so, and so what, what Malachi talks to us about is that um, Jesus will come as a refiner, okay? He will come as a refiner just like a, a refiner melts down the metal, the impurities rise to the top, you skim off the impurities, and then you're left with beautiful, beautiful metal. And what I just absolutely love about that whole analogy is once you have removed the impurities, the reflection of the worker who has been doing this can be seen in the metal. Right? And so as we are purified by God, as we turn away from those things that separate us from him, his reflection in our life becomes more and more clear. We become more like Jesus in our words, in our thoughts, in our actions. And then for those of you who weren't sure what Fuller's Soap is, um, that's also listed in, in the reading from Malachi. That's a laundry soap that has alkali in it and it whitens the cloth. So it's the same, it's the same analogy. And now I want to look at our gospel reading because although it talks about something different, we have the same idea. Um, in Luke's gospel, he borrows from Isaiah chapter 40 and he talks about making the way for the king, removing the obstacles. Now, you'll rec and I think it's still the same, but in John's day, and of course in Isaiah's day, when a king was going to come and visit his outlying territories, he would send a messenger ahead to tell those that he was planning to visit and that they needed to prepare the roads. And I'll tell you, we live um, north of here in Alachua, Alachua Way. Yes, that's the right way, I was told by a native. And there are some roads that need to be prepared. I mean, there are just some rough roads. And that's what, what Luke is telling us as he borrows from Isaiah, that as we are entering or in this Advent season, there are rough patches in our life. There are obstacles in our life. There, we may be in a low valley or we may be in a high mountain where we think we are wonderful. So, but what we need to do and what John's job to tell us to do was to prepare a straight path by removing these obstacles in our lives that keep us from fully knowing God's love. But you'll notice, who is the one who initiates this? It's the king saying, I'm coming. And our response is to clear away the obstacles. Our response is to have those impurities skimmed away. And I... I and why are we doing this? We are doing this because our Lord Jesus is coming at Christmas and he is coming in, uh, at the end of the age. And so I, I know that Paul's letter is to the Corinthians, 
but I just could not resist saying, perhaps when Jesus thinks about when he is returning, I'm going to use the sentence, the verse from the last, uh, last reading on Corinthians. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and spirit of gentleness? And of course, we say, with love and a spirit of gentleness, please, right? So when our king arrives at the end of the age and in Advent, this is what we are waiting for reflecting on getting rid of those things that may be in our way, we want to be able to be like the Israelites in Psalm 126 as they were returning from captivity. We want to be those people whose mouths are filled with joy, with laughter, and we say our Lord has done great things for us. So... What I want to do as I close is, as Father Michael has said, take some time, sit in a dark room with a candle lit, come to the Lord and ask, Father, is there unforgiveness in my heart? Help me to turn away from that and turn towards you. Has someone harmed me that I just can't forgive? Or have I harmed someone else that I need to ask forgiveness? Is there anger in my heart? Am I angry at God? Some of us do get angry at God for things that happen in our lives and to our loved ones. So when you are sitting and contemplating during this Advent season, Ask Holy Spirit, who came with a fiery tongue, all right, we're back to that fire again, at Pentecost, to reveal to you those things that need to be melted away, those obstacles that need to be taken away, those rough patches, and then name them, ask forgiveness for them, hand them over to the Lord, and then we will be ready to welcome our Lord as he returns. Now, in closing, I just want to say one more thing. Sometimes we need help. Sometimes that unforgiveness just does not come. And we need a brother or a sister to help us, someone we trust to guide us, to help us to rid ourselves of these obstacles, to raise that valley, to bring down that mountain. So. I'm going to put a plug in here. I encourage you to come to Soaking Prayer on Tuesday evening here at Servants of Christ. There is a team of loving, wonderful prayer ministers who will pray with you, who will support you while you are making your path straight so that when Jesus comes, we can experience the joy of his arrival at Christmas and we can roll out that red carpet when he comes in glory and we greet him with shouts of joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now I'd like to pray, and it's that familiar prayer we pray every Sunday morning, the collect for purity. And I'm sure you all know it by heart. And so may we, during this Advent season, 
uh, discern how we may worthily magnify our Lord's holy name because to magnify means to show the character of our God. So let us pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.